0: Yes, sir, Tim. Good to be with y'all.
1: Now, get around to the uh, the election legislation momentarily. Quickly, though, the budget. My understanding yeah. is the House signed off on its version of the budget, what, late last week, Friday? I think it was $27.2 billion. Is that the figure I'm seeing?
0: That is correct. All right. That where do correct. we go
1: from here? The Senate has a budget. You have a budget. You get together and reconcile. Well,
0: we, we sent it over to the Senate on Friday. They're working on it right now. Uh, They'll make some changes, I'm sure, and uh, then send it back to us and and, uh, we'll go to a conference committee probably right at the end of the month here and and work out any, reconcile any differences and, and have something that's ready to be. Final pass by both houses and or both chambers and then sent on to the governor.
1: Let's talk about the difference between this year and last in dealing with the budget. Last year, the onset of the coronavirus pandemic delayed the session, kept you folks around longer than you might have been otherwise, and of course, a lot less revenue coming in. Things are better now. I don't know that you tell me. I don't know that things would be considered great now, but better than they were a year ago.
0: Well, Right now they, they do. I mean, it, the revenue numbers do look better at this point, but there's always a but. Um, income tax refunds are, are going to begin going out the door this month. And with the increase in uh, the supplemental unemployment insurance last year, uh, our, our income tax revenues stayed relatively high. Uh, we didn't see the big dip once we got past that March/ April time frame. I actually saw us getting ahead a little bit, but it it certainly appears that a lot of that will go back out the door in the form of refunds uh, over the next six to eight weeks, more than likely. Uh, So we'll, you know, the the revenue report for for February will probably look pretty good. Uh, The one for March and April probably will kind of turn in the other direction. So we're just kind of holding our breath on that, that it's not any worse than we think it might be.
1: Uh, in terms of the budget that you folks in the House have passed, State Rep. Terry England, I, I know the directive from Governor Kemp at the outset of the session was no budget cuts, not going to cut anybody's budget to any of the state departments, state agencies. Are you able to do that? Are you able to pass that budget out of the House in that fashion?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, for the most part, yes, there are some reductions in a few areas that um, one in particular is is related to uh, Medicaid and the federal Medicaid uh, program called FMAP. <clears throat> and uh, while we're in, under the federal state of health public health emergency, uh, there is an enhancement to that program which allows you to to save some state dollars because federal dollars are coming in to replace those. And so we've used some of those to to backfill some of the holes that that remain from the cuts that we had to make last year in order to, to balance the budget in essential services. And one of those, uh, one of the biggest recipients, of course, well, two bigger recipients, one was, was K-12 education. The other one is, is behavioral health and developmental disabilities. Uh, we've seen a, a pretty dramatic uptick in the number of uh, folks that are, that are needing services as it relates to behavioral health and so you know a lot of that's pandemic driven and 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 frustration and just anxiety over over that so those services have the demand for those services has picked up considerably and we needed to do some things there so you'll see that as a, a fairly major addition within the within the House version of the budget.
1: Uh, state Rep. Terry, England, one more budget question here, and you touched on it there, the federal dollars, I think the phrase you used, using some of those federal dollars to backfill areas uh, that might have come up short otherwise in the state budget. Uh, to what extent is that an issue in this year's budget process and in years moving forward? I mean, how sustainable is that as a business model?
0: Well, you know, Georgia... Georgia has has fared very well during during the pandemic as far as uh, opening businesses back up and getting things back going. So the bones, the structure of the underlying revenue stream is still extremely strong. So we're still seeing growth in revenue. So in, in, in using some of those dollars to backfill, then you have the natural progression of growth year over year. That then we'll take and 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 cover that gap once we get into next year. We're very careful on, on looking at things that are ongoing expenses versus one-time expenses as well. So a lot of what you've seen, the governor use the federal dollars for, which we don't appropriate in the budget. What he's done a lot of a lot of that with have been one-time expenses on you know standing up vaccine sites and testing sites and that sort of stuff. So. It doesn't create something that that is an ongoing expenditure because we always try to be very mindful of that.
1: State Rep. Terry England with us here. The election reform legislation, I, I, I like to simplify things as best as I can. There's a lot of parts here. There are, at one point, a couple of dozen bills that are out there. But the two big components here, it seems to me, uh, the Senate vote uh, of, I guess, last week to end the no-excuse absentee balloting and the ongoing efforts, House and Senate, we heard Representative Powell talking about this, uh, the photo ID requirement uh, in place of a signature match for absentee voting. In Georgia. Uh, Where is the House on this? Where are you on these
0: issues? Well, House Bill 531 that the House passed, uh, I think it was Monday a week ago, uh, doesn't require photo ID. It does change the signature match requirement to be that of driver's license number, uh, some type of government issued ID number to be put on the ballot application and on the ballot itself when it is returned to the to the elections office in your county. The photo ID, uh, while it while in many ways everybody looks at that and says that that's the way we need to go, the problem with the photo ID is once that is received in the elections office the elections person looks at the picture but there's no individual standing there to match the picture to and so it's it's not it's not a unique identifier in that case and furthermore uh putting that requirement on on elderly and shut-in you know folks don't have uh photocopiers in their house uh not many of them do and so it puts an additional burden on them and So we've we've tried to be mindful of that and look for ways that that doesn't restrict voting, uh, makes it just as easy as it is now, but makes it more secure. And we feel like going forward with requiring that driver's license number, that unique photo ID number, uh, for that individual is the way to
1: go. Uh, quickly, and we'll let you go on this one, State Rep Terry England. Uh, the House Bill 286, Houston Gaines here in Athens, uh, his particular piece of legislation would prevent local governments, effectively prevent them from defunding their police departments. Some people concerned about the lack of local control uh, when it comes to budget setting. Where would you be on this one?
0: I I, I totally support it. We, You know, this past summer we heard the rash folks around the country and some cities talking about defunding the police and taking those dollars and using them for something else. And that's, that to me is just not an option at all. Um, You know, we've, we've seen crime incidents of crime go up and, and sitting here at the Capitol this morning and, and uh, every time you turn the news on in Atlanta, you see, see an increase in crime and, and uh, you know, fatalities related to crime. And so, going into the mindset of just doing away with police departments or severely restricting the police departments, then walks away from you know one of the duties that is placed upon government under the state constitution and the federal constitution, and that's, that is to protect the people.
1: State Rep. Terry England, Barrow County Republican, the legislative session winding down, expected to wind up sometime by the end of the month. We
0: appreciate your time this morning. Absolutely. Good to be with you, Tim. Thank, Thank you. Me.